0: So it's a week on from WWDC. Um, Dave, you and I watched the keynote together. Um, Afterwards, we were very underwhelmed, I think, by uh, what was announced. Um,
1: So how do you feel a week on? Well, I think um, we watched the, the keynote and then we took a break for a while and we actually stayed up to the wee small hours and watched the state of the platform or union or country or whatever it's called. And... Um, I was a lot more impressed with that than I was with the actual keynote. I mean, I think when they talk about WWDC being for developers, I still think the keynote was, uh, you know, it was very much for consumers and the state of the platform, to be perfectly honest, really did it for me. I wasn't, I wasn't, it, it, it really, it, it saved the the keynote, you know. I think there's a lot of cool developer tools coming out that are going to be, um going to be very useful. Cool. Baz, what do you
0: think?
2: Um, So I missed it and I came in at somewhere near the end and you guys looked distraught, which is kind of funny. Um, (laughs) I suppose looking back in it, I probably didn't have the impact. Maybe I have it in bite sized chunks and I I probably don't see as as, as negative as you you guys, but I know it wasn't that great either. Um, I think I suppose I I didn't sit there for 20 minutes and have to listen to new features and iMessage which I've used and I'm not a big fan of, by the way. Uh, It's a bit too cluttered at the moment and a bit too uh, unintuitive, I think. Um, But yeah, as Dave said, I think the State of the Union was cool. That actually got me very, very excited. Just seeing uh, the effort, I guess, put into developer tools, um, that kind of stuff for memory management and finding, you know, uh, objects that were unreleased and stuff like this, you know, the... there was just cool stuff for developers and that's i guess the direction i want to see them going further on for developers um obviously there would have been stuff i would have liked to have seen like for itunes connect and stuff like that but i guess even the the new provisioning stuff is quite cool i think everyone has had provisioning issues for years and so I, i guess the stuff i did see i was really enjoyed the stuff i heard about probably didn't have that huge amount of an impact on me i didn't as i said didn't have to sit through it and it was kind of fun seeing you guys so miserable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, do you want to take this kind of platform by platform? Is that the most logical way of, of doing it? Makes sense, I suppose, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So, maybe start with some of the more boring ones like tvOS.
1: Yeah, not much there. Um,
2: no, not much. The future.
1: I think um, this is the first WWDC where tvOS has been a thing because um, they they only released a you new know, Apple TV kind of mid. Um, mid last year maybe October or something like that so basically they've said that there's it's gone from 80 to uh, 1,300 channels and the new remote app will function basically one-to-one for the Siri remote which is handy and I think one of the things I'm most happy about which probably won't actually come to the 6 is that if you have iOS 10 and a keyboard comes up on the Apple TV in tvOS you'll get a notification on your phone to tap to use the keyboard so you don't have to have the remote app open on your phone in order to actually type on the the Apple TV keyboard which i think that is that in itself is cool. really cool because the amount of times when i'm typing something and i'm sliding left sliding right taking very deep breaths um and sighing a lot and i just go and I just give up and I take out the phone and I open a get remote app and I'm waiting a few seconds for it to enumerate the Apple TVs that are in the house, of which there's only one, and then I press it and then I wait for it to open up and then it buzzes and then I get the keyboard. Like So that alone is one of the most exciting things um, for me about about tvOS. And I don't think they showed that in an announcement. Um, I just I saw that posted on Reddit. So I hope, that's, I hope that's real.
2: Do you think they just don't have any ideas or do you think they have apple tv as close to what they wanted now that they don't feel like they're going to need to add any new new features you think adding apps is big enough for them they'll take care of most of the things
1: i really want picture in picture for some things like i want to be able to watch like okay i'm i'm gone from the stage where i could sit down and watch something on its own uninterrupted and and enjoy it and i can still do that like if there's a bunch of people around but to be honest most of the things i'm watching i'm that i'm on my phone i'm whatever and i've i've kind of thought about it before that it would be nice if you could be watching a live stream of something and have a twitter hashtag streaming down the left hand side of the screen um you know that kind of thing
0: your other example i i've heard you talk about before dave is baby monitor isn't it wasn't that one of your things yeah
1: you had something like that where i could if i could have just a custom overlay over the entire apple tv or something like that so no matter what i was doing i had a little view meter down the right hand side of the screen or i had um you know picture in picture so there's there's a few things that i want and that's all i want and that's that's everything that's going to be brilliant once once i get them if i get them
2: <laughs>
1: so um yeah so i think that's pretty much it for for tvos um, the single sign-on thing doesn't make too much of a a difference to me anyway. I mean, YouTube keeps forgetting who I am anyway, so maybe every two days I have to sign back into the YouTube app. Um, either that or my ass is, is signing me out. Um, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't quite figured that one out yet. Uh, both equally likely. So
0: the next one for me, I think, was actually one of the most comprehensive os updates and yet it's the one that affects the three of us the least because um we We haven't bought in yet yeah we we don't own an apple watch but Mm -hmm. the watch os 3 for me was huge and the reason i think it was huge was just every so often apple will come out with an os revision that makes its products performance significantly better and for me um this watch os update it reminded me of i can't remember when in in os 10 they introduced the memory compression thing and i remember installing it and my mac just feeling a lot faster um but uh clearly this app backgrounding thing that they figure they've uh, enough um battery life to do this like the side by side in the keynote between watchOS 2 and watchOS 3 in terms of how fast it was a- huge absolutely massive
2: yeah i'd say they've probably found somewhere else where they can save a bit of battery i guess they saved a bit of battery going from watchOS 1 to 2 so maybe they're com- they're taking a bit of it back or something like that to store them in memory
1: yeah i so think but it's huge It's something we see a lot more in um game consoles than we would see in phones and stuff like that because essentially we've we've seen the longer life cycle of video games where you take something that was originally created for the playstation one at launch and you look at the playstation one at the end and then you look at the playstation 2 and the playstation 2 at the end and there's significant jumps in the, the the amount of polygons they can push to the screen the size of the textures they can fit in memory streaming stuff from the disc so i think the longevity of the hardware really leads to um some kind of innovation in terms of the actual um the amount of performance they can squeeze out of it so i think them staying on the same hardware revision um past the year anyway um is is a good thing and i think that the, the longer they stay there the better the better for everyone
2: yeah, I, I think a lot of us are holding off getting a watch. And I suppose this new hardware makes us want to get it. But, you know, we don't want to buy one too soon because there's probably going to be one coming out sooner rather than later. So they've got the software right. They just need to get a hardware. It's minor improvements to the hardware. I'd say we'll all probably go get one, maybe.
0: So, Baz, you ha- used to have an Apple Watch. So you're th- yep. the most experienced of all of us. Um, so you're probably better place to judge like would would watch os 3 have made a substantive difference into the you know how much use you got out of the watch
2: um i'd have to try but maybe because like i I literally never went into any of the apps in it um i would have just used um messages i guess a lot um and and, and i guess a a lot of it's kind of on the developer as well because a lot of times you'll see when if you guys sent me group messages on WhatsApp, it would come in as you have four new notifications for WhatsApp rather than individual messages. And it's that that's, I believe, on the developers. Stuff like that, they still need to fix. So Apple are doing their bit. They've given enough tools to the developers. The developers need to do their bit. Um, I can't say for certain that I would use it because I use so little of the watch. I love it for notifications, but I think it might have made me use it a bit more if I, was, if I had these features from the very start um it's definitely making me more interested in forking over a few quid to get one when the new one comes out though
1: yeah i think it's interesting that this is kind of it's really the only operating system update the rest of the updates to ios and mac os seem to be essentially application level updates um <clears throat> you know i mean you're, you're talking about a bunch of new apps and messaging features for for ios 10 um gigantic emojis and stuff and the same with 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 um with mac os you know there's there's not a lot and i think that it shows that maybe all of their their systems developers were were busy working on the watch
2: <laughs> that's true that's very true actually
0: and i think that's okay you know there are jokes going around about all oh, the ios and mac teams only found out about wwdc kind of a few weeks before you
2: made that joke
1: did i dave did at least i probably read it <laughs> off pinboards twitter <laughs> Oh yeah, (laughs) that's where I get all my jokes. Would you buy a watch just so you could unlock your Mac without touching it? Like,
2: can the phone do the same thing?
1: No, apparently it's it's if it it has to have the yeah, it's the watch, not the phone.
2: It's a killer feature. I don't think I would. (laughs) I don't think I
1: would. If I could buy something that went on my wrist for a lot cheaper that did it, I nearly would though. Yeah,
2: like a ring, like a really nice ring. Yeah.
1: so mac os then
2: yeah actually this is one i probably know the least about actually still since i haven't researched anything about it and it's i'm actually thinking i might install the beta version on my home laptop um so convince me why i should or shouldn't
0: Baz, you're all about the betas like i admire your like you you installed the first ios beta on your main phone without fear I, I, yeah. I'm, I am I'm very impressed.
2: I've done it so many times. I know that I can always restore it. And I have since restored it because I need it for the development. Um, so it was fun while it lasted. And I guess you need more people on it. Um, maybe we can talk about my experience with it later on. But uh, yeah, I like trying out stuff like that. And I think... Now that I have a work computer and I have my, I guess, essentially spare home computer, I don't mind putting a beta on it and trying it out. I'll back up beforehand, though.
1: Yeah, so I suppose the big features were, I suppose the biggest feature is iOS, tvOS, watchOS, macOS, and the new name, name, um, and macOS Sierra. And the thing I'm most excited about, and this will tell you how, how exciting this is, universal clipboard so can, how does this work then basically as i assume as long as you're all signed into the same i, tu- I cloud account if i copy and if i copy something on the mac i can paste it on the iphone if i copy something on the iphone i can paste it on the mac
2: yeah that's actually a killer feature i
1: yeah i'm always texting guess, myself stuff
2: uh, text yourself stuff or sharing uh photos even between air airdrop air, air, air a lot i do that between um accounts different like my phone and my you know laptop definitely a good feature but it has picture in picture dave but not on the platform you want it
1: that's it yeah (laughs) um i think apple pay to the desktop as well which is something i don't care about because you know um we don't have it so i might care about that when we have it um yeah picture in picture siri on the desktop
2: tabs 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 I think for me, picture-in-picture would be good, especially on a smaller laptop like my MacBook Air. Um, It's not so great sometimes doing split view on Safari, having two Safari windows next to each other. I think picture-in-picture would be nice so I can have maybe nearly always a full screen for a web browser while having, I don't know, orange is a new black or something running down in the the corner. I think it'd be useful. Mm -hmm. It might be enough to make me install it.
0: I think the other thing about mac os is this big uh, change to messages which i guess we'll talk about they also rolled out to the mac which i thought was good that it wasn't like oh this is only on ios and so full screen
2: explosions on the mac as well
1: you can you can receive them only was one of the oh really was one of the it it was like viewable Uh, on mac for some of them it was very non-specific about what elements of it were transferring like you could mark up the stuff on the iphone and send it and look receive them on the mac but i don't know could you do the markup and could you do all of that sort of stuff um on the mac
0: okay because there was there was oh, that well, I little wrong
1: um i, I could have gotten it wrong but i remember thinking oh that's sneaky do you know viewable on os 10 or whatever
2: yeah i'm not too sure how much we'll use them probably just to annoy each other more than anything
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: We'll probably forget about it after the first week.
1: Yeah, but what a week.
0: (laughs) What a week. (laughs) So at first, like during the keynote, like I was really bored during that section. I thought, well, this isn't for me. And I can see how some people might be excited about it, but I won't be. But I started thinking a little bit about the messages apps and actually, maybe there might be something fun in, uh, something quite
1: useful in there. Um, what did you guys think of it? So it's open up to developers, which is the the big push for a lot of these things. Series open to developers of very specific types of apps. Messages is open, and I think it's a play for them to compete with other messaging services. Um, like I remember uh, talking to Baz about this before, where in China it's pretty much flavor of the week um messaging apps and uh you 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 spoke about features being copied and stuff like that whereas iMessage is very slow very closed off it's Apple only by allowing these extensions they're going to keep people on the platform and the app that you download and install to use inside of messages can be the flavor of the week so I think it's going to do big things where um you know, where, where it's needed. But again, I, I think we're way outside the target market there. Maybe we're not. Maybe we'll see some really cool stuff for, for us.
2: You can kind of see, you just, you should install the uh, the Baidu keyboard at some point. They uh, Whatever they've done, they allow millions of features on the, the custom keyboard on the iPhone. I'd say they're wetting their knickers the amount of things they'll be able to put in, probably just to sell people stuff. And it's like, you know, you have a keyboard and it's got adverts inside and it's a bit dodgy, but it's a really nice keyboard for typing uh chinese Pinyin uh messages to each other so say they might come up with something good but i i guess if it's going to be like the keyboard where people don't like using keyboards because they're so buggy they're so slow to load um <clears throat> sometimes you'll open up messages and the text box will be stuck at the bottom because the keyboard won't pop it up if these messages apps are going to be slow coming in you know you're gonna have to wait a couple of seconds for them to load uh, the experience is going to be a bit crap i think So hopefully they've implemented it a bit better than custom keyboards. I wish they'd updated custom keyboards. Uh,
1: I think it's interesting to note as well that this is a messages feature. It's not a keyboard feature. So all of the other messaging apps are out of luck. And it's it's really going to solidify messages as a first class citizen, even more so than it already is on iOS in comparison to to WhatsApp or, or the like. Mm hmm. Did anybody
0: else hear that um, these messages apps like you didn't necessarily always have to like specifically download the app? So in other words, Dave, if you were using a messages app, say for to collect the show notes for this podcast and you invited me to kind of collaborate with you on it. Yeah, I could do that without initializing kind of a, a. an extension download or uh, an app download.
2: Is this similar to kind of what Google showed with their...
0: Yeah, that's that's what struck thing. me. It was Craig Federighi on the talk show mentioned it and maybe it was mentioned elsewhere, but I thought, ooh, like that's interesting and new and a bit of a paradigm shift.
1: Yeah, because I think the example they gave during the keynote was they were ordering food and they sent mm. they sent the basket... Or the cart through iMessage, and everyone was able to add their own order, and then the whoever was the, the originator cool. placed the order. So I mean, I can think of using stuff like that even in the same room. Just if everyone has the app, I don't want to be flicking through stuff and waiting for people and calling things out to be you know. So even in the same room, I see opportunities to use that kind of a thing, if the functionality if it works, you know.
2: So so all your Android friends are gonna go hungry. Oh yeah. No food for ye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I'm super curious about this feature. I think it could be really interesting. Um, And I know in some ways, like Apple are the last big company to be talking about this because, you know, in the last year, Facebook kind of (coughs) announced all these messenger bots and then Google came along. But it's I've had a very quick flick uh, through the the message kit or this not called me, the ms message uh, class documentation um
1: and it, it looks it looks nice it looks interesting yeah i think it's probably i haven't seen um like they give the example in the keynote where they they collaboratively built an ice cream um or was this this was this yes. the or was this the platform this is the That's platform the State of the platform one um or they collaboratively built an ice cream cone through messages and (laughs) i can think of so many things that that would be useful for and the way that it can it can enumerate the previous messages and take them into account and collapse them and get them out of the view and stuff like that um you know that's something that that could be really useful but again you're really locking people into the ios ecosystem but look um no more than you were already i suppose you know text is still text and it still works
2: well the uh the text to emoji feature is that just an iMessage or is that going to be across all apps Does that is that fitting in with the keyboard here or is that fitting in with the iMessage app
1: they seem to build it as the oh. message app thing I don't know, it's cool just hope it, it has a feckin off switch
0: god here's a question, if you can have message apps does that um, enable, I wonder would that enable you to create some Siri apps in a slightly hacky sort of way, because I t- I, f- I think Apple would
2: Apple would cop it if they see a message app. They'll probably go in and test the app and see it doesn't have any message functionality.
0: Well, it could, but so it could genuinely have
2: as a secondary feature. Is it? You think?
0: Yeah, I'm. D- I'm just like it's an easy way. Um, I guess. If you think of, say, a messages app that uh, manages a to-do list,
2: yeah,
0: um, surely that gives you then a way... So you can, you can type in the message in messages to add an item to the to-do list or a shopping list. But oh. if it's a messages app, then you could also use Siri. So it's not necessarily a sneaky way, but just... Yeah, you yeah.
2: should try it. Am I crazy in thinking that I can choose which app will call and message my friends. So if I go into a contact list, when I click on call or message, I can choose WhatsApp instead to call you or message you. Is that true? Yep. That's kind of cool, I think.
1: I'm worried about contact spam, though. Yeah. You know, you go into your contacts and there's a billion things, you know.
2: Yeah. Because there are friends that I have abroad that um, I end up just using WhatsApp with, I guess, a lot. So I wouldn't mind the, you know, default functionality to go into WhatsApp. I think that'd be kind of cool. But he said, yeah, it's open for abuse. A lot of these systems, I think, might be open for abuse. Um, maybe Apple were right to be so static in what they allowed, you know, not not allowing too much progression, not allowing too much to ter- third-party apps involved in all of their, you know, own ecosystems and maybe allowing all these apps in. We might see a lot of spam from people.
0: So here's a question. So I'm thinking about the fact that your recents in the phone app now contain calls from other apps. Yeah. The logical next step is basically, now whether they kind of strong arm developers into doing this or whether they offer such a compelling feature. But surely the logical next step is that, um, like the maybe the original vision of iChat, that... You have one conversation view in messages with one person um, and that you can send or receive to multiple accounts. So, in other words, you have your uh, WhatsApp so you can send WhatsApp messages from the Apple messages app.
2: That would be cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool.
0: It'd be like, I just think it'd be hugely aggressive, though, as well, because it's reducing all these like Facebook and WhatsApp to kind of the equivalent of like cell network providers. Like they're just the kind of common carrier.
2: Yeah. So they they probably won't do because I guess eventually Facebook wants you to use the Messenger app because they're going to put ads inside in it. You know, this happens sometimes, they don't want you, they won't allow it because they don't want people not using their app because you see, even now they stopped um, allowing you to use messaging inside in a certain, certain apps or on the web. You have to download the app. They really want you in their own ecosystem. It's going to be tough sometimes to get people to go away from an app they've built up over time and maybe if they see people fall off, they might move over to iMessage, but I think they're probably strong enough to kind of keep it.
0: I don't know. Um, it'd be a really kind of gutsy, aggressive move if that's what they did. Like, because it would essentially like I think Apple, if they wanted to, could possibly find a way to really screw over all these uh,
2: messing apps. Yeah, I know. I know on Android, all the messing apps try to grab incoming SMS. So you'll see WhatsApp. Um, I know the company I worked for. Uh, we tried to grab incoming SMS on Android. So your Android app would have all your uh sms's in it i don't know if you guys knew about that at all but that's a feature you can do using android uh, which is annoying i guess so yeah you don't go into your sms app because viber or whatsapp or the app i worked on could have just grabbed your sms's as they're incoming and yeah displayed it within the app
1: and can they send sms's they probably can
2: so the app we worked on, yeah, I could send SMSs back so you could reply to someone with an SMS um, or you could reply to... So as well as having the app-to-app conversation and, you know, you would have the incoming SMSs from that person if they SMSed you or texted you normally. Yeah, I don't
1: want that anyway.
2: Yeah, no one likes it. I'm
1: happy for Android to excel in that area.
2: So anything else on iOS? It's Interesting, I guess...
0: It's a bit of an under, but Baz, you're the only one of us who's used it, so, like, okay, I'll t- I'll, I'll tell you I share well I share some of my experiences. Yeah,
2: yeah, perfect. So, initially, very, very, very hot. My phone was extremely hot. Um, so my first guess was that it was doing something in the background, a huge task. So the app or the phone was very, very laggy at the start for maybe the first two hours. Very hot for the first two hours. I imagined that it was doing photos. Um, neural network searching on photos or something like this or uploading my photos because what I noticed over the couple of days that I used it the search terms that I put into the app say it was beer or um, one of them that came up was fauna one time um, the, the amount of results I was getting back increased every time I searched so I'd search for wine and I got back one bottle of wine and I searched for wine and I got back 10 bottles some of them were actually beer bottles but you know the neural net didn't always work And sometimes even searching photos, it showed me, it told me certain things that were in the photos as well. So I live near a big chimney smokestack and it pulled in all the pictures of this chimney uh, smokestack, but it also pulled in a picture of Marge Simpson's hair, Uh, (laughs) which I thought was quite good. So I I get where it was going. It kind of cocked up a little bit there. Um, And yeah, again, it, it some of the memories, I guess it does that. The, the the stuff is robbing from Google. You went into it the first time, and it had to upload, um, so there was a progress bar in it. So you don't get those features straight away, but it looks like you have to at least go into them once to initialize the upload. And you came back to it, and it did kind of interesting on this day. I don't know why, but at one point it chose Christmas Day for me from twenty fifteen, um, which didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's just one of the things it did messages um tried messages they were interesting it's a bit cluttered inside there now so your text box is tiny and next to it you've got three new boxes um one of them's for drawing pictures
0: and baz it's worth worth pointing out you were trying this on a six plus so this is quite a big phone
2: yeah so that's what i'm thinking like there is room to the left and I don't know what it's going to be like I I suppose I should I should fire up the simulator um, and try that out but some of I suppose when you type in a message you have another button that brings up options and it's very hard to see some of the options I guess sometimes because the background might be animating or stuff like this but uh, I guess the quick image stuff is kind of cool because you have a camera straight away on it a little small camera it's very similar to what Facebook Messenger does. Um, and you have a lot more images that you can view that are kind of in a grid. So you can take a photo kind of quick enough um, or you can add a photo quicker. Um, I guess it would have been fun to try it out with you guys. So I end up doing a lot with just messaging myself. <laughs>
0: forever <laughs> just, you know, alone.
2: Forever alone. So I send myself little drawings and clicking on messages and you can like thumbs them up. But when you're thumbsing up a message, you're sending it yourself it kind of gets confused and like thumbs up a message three times, or likes or what hearts whatever it was. Um, besides that, it wasn't a big fan of some of the notification UI. Really? Why not? It's they're just a bit too big and a bit too rounded. Um, the folder opening UI is kind of cool, and even apps opening and closing animation—it's a—it's interesting. It would get take a while to get used to, but it's kind of cool. Um, I guess you have to see it to understand it, but the app icon animates different to all the other icons around it, so there's a bit of a the animation on your app icon that you're opening is just that bit different. Um, so it kind of has a fresh feel to it. I would have loved to have kept it a bit longer. Unfortunately, I needed to develop some Bluetooth apps, so um, I downgraded which caused its own issues but for the most part i'm back to normal um yeah i think maybe in a couple of months maybe august i'll go back on it again and stick with it so my initial thing is when you put it on you're going to experience some heat
0: (laughs) so i didn't install it to any of my devices um partly because i have a relatively large collection of ipads and none of them can run ios 10 so I have an iPad 2, I have an iPad 3, I have an iPad mini and none of them can, um, they're all deprecated now um, for iOS 10. Despite some confusion, we had a bit of a debate because Apple originally said they were continuing to support the iPad 2, uh, 3.
2: Mm-hmm. That was kind of interesting because you sent me a link and when you looked at the link, the iPad 2 was removed. But when I looked at the link, it was still on there. I don't know, it was cash or something, but yeah, it's a bit annoying. I think,
0: I mean, I kind of understand it. And I'd say probably iOS 10 would have been a bit of a dog on those devices anyway. Um, It also means there's only two 32-bit devices left with current OS compatibility. Well, three, if you count the iPhone 5C as a separate device. So iPhone 5, iPhone 5C and iPad 4. Are going to be the only uh, devices left with a thirty-two bit processor. Oh, so that that does seem to me that iOS eleven. made. They may go full sixty-four bit. It's incredibly quick.
1: Yeah, and it's it's probably the quickest to have dropped phones. Maybe.
2: Yeah, actually, iOS um, ten. It warns you if you open an app that's thirty-two bit only. So it says, "Oh, this app doesn't run at 64-bit. There might be some issues."
0: Oh, interesting. Does that look like a beta thing or?
2: Um, no, I guess it's a warning thing. Um, someone else noticed it. I'm not too sure. Maybe, maybe it's a beta thing, but maybe it's a th- yeah. Because I mean, it, if, who does that make sense to?
1: To bully developers into to bully developers into <laughs> updating their apps so that the consumer doesn't see a message yeah. saying your app is buggy. It's brilliant.
2: Yeah. I suppose people will freak out, why does my app say this? But it only pops up once um, the first time I open it. I didn't see it again.
0: So one thing I did do, I didn't install iOS 10 on any of my devices, but I did, um, I tend to do this when the beta's come out. I'll download the S-code beta and fire my app up on the simulator, but I'll change the deployment target to 10 to the current version because i just want to see what kind of warnings come up or any errors that come up and i have to say compared to last year compared to the transition between ios 8 and ios 9 um this time around i have far fewer warnings and i have exactly zero kind of visual glitches where this time last year I, i had a few visual glitches that needed fixing and interestingly some of them some of the visual glitches in my app were fixed in subsequent betas beta okay. versions, but some of them um persisted um and i you know uh, until release and I had to
1: i had to and how often myself. do you find your what's the i suppose what's the rate at which your customers update?
0: It's relatively low um partly just because um The iPads are getting, my customers' iPads are getting used all the time. Um, Having said that, Apple have got really persistent with their updates, um, notifications. Like it really is, you really have to go, no, no, no. And the kind of, um, oh, it's fine, we'll just do it overnight for you. So um, I haven't looked at the stats. Um, I, because of the... um, Orphaning of the iPad two and three and the iPad Mini, um, I miss a lot of my customers are on iPad Minis, so I will probably now stick with iOS nine. Um, I'll probably remove support for eight relatively soon and keep nine as my lowest. Um, but I was just really pleased because then one of the interesting things about being, um. A developer on an apple platform is sunday is your often your busiest time of the year because apple announced a lot of new stuff that either breaks your current apps or gives you really good ideas for new apps <laughs> and so now is the kind of real um you know july and august is when you're kind of working really hard um trying to fix stuff or, or build new stuff so i was pleased at least that uh it doesn't look like i uh, have that much fixing to do at least not yet do we want to talk about i mean the changes in swift they announced were completely not a surprise because of swift evolution and you know the whole process being out in the open Um, we
2: know enough about swift
0: well i think one of the things is the new api design guidelines yeah um Ray Wenderlich had a sort of some, you know, uh, first thoughts about WWDC and was mentioning uh, the, the the new Swift uh, API. So it's interesting because one of the things, I suppose, that it's obvious, but it didn't really strike me at the time, is that th- this marks a diversion between Swift and Objective-C in terms of Coco. So Ray Wenderlich's... Um, Example is there's an NSString method, basically tr- tr- uh, trimming characters in set, um, but the Swift one is now just trimming characters, and then the the argument is in colon. Um, so it's a bit difficult to describe verbally, but but it's like the two uh, the two method names are now completely different. So that's interesting because you know it's the first big diversion, I suppose, in terms of Cocoa between swift and objective c
1: can i just say that i'm so glad that i didn't learn swift because yeah. 20 years from now i would still be typing the swift two function names guaranteed yeah. guaranteed <laughs> you know i mean you know i still have to stop myself from using the marquee tag um <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's funny actually i noticed myself recently from go starting using to arc Just doing um, instead of non-atomic retain to now doing non-atomic strong or non-atomic weak for like two and a half years of non-atomic retains to finally now I automatically do non-atomic strong. It took me, I guess, two months, but yeah, finally got it down. So I'm happy (laughs) with myself now.
0: (laughs) So Dave, I absolutely agree that like right now, because they've renamed all the APIs. So you're learning new stuff anyway. Yeah. So... Like, so say string by appending string, which I tend to use quite a lot, is now appending. Whereas if you, so at least now you can kind of go, okay, the old way was the old way. And now it's changed for the new way in Swift. And you don't, you you can kind of compartmentalize the two of them in your mind. So I absolutely agree. It's totally worth waiting.
1: Yeah, and I think think of Swift as something new and not you know, not something that's kind of hinged on Objective C. And I, I, yeah. I think I like the approach they've taken where they kind of take the it's almost like in Objective C it was overly verbose with it would it would mention the type name in the function, but in Swift they're in after the name, yeah, yeah, they're after realizing, oh it's all it's already there as a type in the definition of the function. So, you know, why not let it just speak for itself, you know, so I think um I think it's more concise and I definitely think um, like I haven't gotten around to watching it yet, but this combined with there was a session at WWDC called using Swift on the server. And I think, you know, with these changes and the the Swift uh, library going cross platform once they get it, uh, Swift core, um, I think it's going to be it's definitely going to be one of the languages to to learn
0: if it isn't already. Um, what do we think about the swift uh playgrounds app on the
1: ipad i can't wait to use it with a few uh nephews and stuff like that that they'd be around 12 you know and i've tried to get them to use scratch and stuff before but they never really got it like they were kind of just you know they just wanted to do the stupidest stuff in it and not actually make a game like it was just yeah make that guy explode <laughs> and i've done that 10 times and that was that's all they want to do, so I'm hoping that because there's an actual objective in the playgrounds that it will actually lead them to understand a bit of a bit of programming as opposed to the kind of aimlessness that comes with a lot of the other environments that don't have the hand holding so that's that's my hope for it and Do we get the
0: sense that it might be possible to to create your own content to use your own playgrounds to use in this app? That's, I guess, kind of the point of it. It
1: is. Whether they'll get first-class citizenry and you'll be able to, I don't know, charge for them or anything like that is anyone's guess. Mm. Um, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. But I think, yeah, definitely, you'll have kids sharing their playgrounds and sharing their games. And you might even have... Apple might even create a kind of a mini app store inside the playgrounds app. Um, you know, where you can share stuff.
0: Maybe so pedagogically it's going to have this use do you see any personal
1: use for yourself um
2: there's no shame in it dave <laughs>
1: <laughs> if if i get this before i have learned swift yeah sure but yeah definitely just for the hell of it no like i think um like i mean i, I think it's probably the kind of thing that we could burn through in an afternoon
2: is is it, re- is it teaching you swift or is it just teaching you programming and it just so happens to be in Swift.
1: I think it's probably at a level that that question doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you
1: know, so it's 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 probably the fundamentals of programming in Swift. But yes. I don't think there's yeah. going to be anything particularly Swifty about what you've learned on, until you get into the UI so you're not kit going to learn and stuff. About
2: optionals and stuff uh, like maybe this.
1: you would, but um, I suppose we we'll just have to see on that one.
2: Yeah.
0: It certainly feels like a far more real attempt at teaching kids programming if that's its primary focus i've always I dave slightly similar experience to you in i guess learning scratch to teach it to a kid and i really just felt throughout it that sort of and look you know obviously it's created by much brighter minds than than me but it, it felt like too much of an abstraction almost or i don't know that it it felt even kind of a little bit complicated to use itself whereas i think this takes a really nice approach and you know gives that interactivity while still you're actually writing proper real code you know you can say print hello world and you'll see it on the screen
1: yeah i i found similar stuff with scratch I, i i kind of find it hard to articulate where it fell down from the the kids' point of view, because I, I just think that they got their objective out of it, which was doing some stupid stuff, and they had a different idea to what I wanted them to achieve. Um, stupid stuff with Uncle Dave. That's it, yeah. Um, you know can you make that guy explode? Yeah, do it again. Okay, um, and that 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 was pretty much it. Like I mean, we tried to make you know oh let's let's make a Star Wars. Uh, shoot him up game you know but it just devolved into him sitting there screaming into the camera because you could make it full screen in the background Uh, so if there's some if there's some objective tied to it scratch in and of itself is great if you have the motivation and i think that the beauty of this is in the guidance not necessarily the the playgrounds or the actual ability to to run to run code on the ipad Speaking of
0: learning Swift, Baz, have you um have you any more uh, have you been learning any more Swift recently? Because Baz, <coughs> you're the only one who's sort of out of the three of us who's been sort of messing around as far as far as we know in Swift.
2: Um, just a tiny bit this week. So I wanted to make um a little demo for work uh, with a 3D cube. So I was in looking at some Swift, and uh, it was a Ray Wenderlich. Um, demo i i guess um what one of the things i, I learned about it, you know it's, it's how safe it is so you can't just be throwing random code around and not using random code at times it won't even run the app you're not doing something with like maybe a variable i think that was what was happening i was creating a variable and not using it, and it
0: oh is that like um that's not just a warning that's uh, an exception
2: there was yeah i was getting exceptions like that wow. it's like you know it's it's it's, it's at you that, you know, don't be messy, don't be unsafe, do something with this. Or it was it was kind of interesting, that kind of way. Um, again, I was just learning more about optionals and stuff like this. And someone just came on Reddit and they were just like, oh, what are optionals or something? And someone sent on a really, really good tutorials, tutorial about, um, they explain it the true haters going to hate. And... <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of it's 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 it's. I guess the equivalent of this playground thing for you, you see it for kids. Sometimes when something is kind of funny and memey and I guess you know, it doesn't make sense in the long run. But when it's there and it's kind of funny and engaging, you do kind of follow it a lot better.
0: It's like the uh, what? What's the Ruby comic guide? The wise, poignant guide to Ru- Ruby. Does anybody else remember that?
1: Oh yeah, Chunky Bacon.
0: Yeah, Chunky Bacon. That's <laughs> class.
1: <laughs> And learn you a Haskell for great good.
2: (laughs) I I guess I just want to, um, I'm learning bits and pieces as I'm I'm going along and just learning, you know, um, the structure of a class and stuff like this and how functions are working and return types. And I guess I came up against a few things I couldn't do a perform uh, selector after delay that wasn't in there ah and
0: it's just yeah like, none of that none of that loose fast yeah, and loose stuff now and
2: like i really just wanted something working quickly and i guess that's <laughs> it you know it's it's like look learn it the fucking right way um, stop arsing around i guess the time so you know it's you're in your you're in your own way of when you're writing for loops and stuff and you're doing plus plus and it's like oh this isn't gonna work in the next version so and they will update it to plus equals one well, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of fun I would like more time on it if I get more time uh,
1: well not even that I think the for loop itself is changing completely so you can't do the old C style for loops that too, let yeah. alone let <laughs> alone the plus plus and minus minus
2: yeah so I did have to google for loop in Swift yeah and <laughs> figured out that's out.
0: gonna hurt a bit like when you have to google for
1: loop
2: yeah and, and like I honestly don't remember what it is either
1: it's for each in or something it's one of those Type of construct, like a fast iteration. Yeah.
2: yeah, And it's like, yeah, for each i less than ten or something in i or something like that.
0: Are you? Were you? Are you able to control your reflex of your little f- finger doing the semicolon?
2: Yes, I am able to do that. Semicolons still work. You can put them in if you want to, but yes, I haven't put them in yet. Um, so I think that th- that's that's not that hard to do. What about
0: the um, the implicit? typing so you know you don't necessarily have to sort of say this is a string this is an int
2: yeah so that's still kind of what i'm figuring out with all these optionals and stuff yeah. like that it's it, and and again with this you know it safeguards you that you're gonna unwrap something and it doesn't know if it's going to be a string and just be safe here because this is all going to go pear shaped and it really is Helping you along the way that before you run your code, it's making sure that your code is right. And it's giving you warnings in the right places, which is really cool. So I think you're going to learn quickly with it um, because it's helping you along the way. And it's not scaring you out.
0: What if I don't want to be a good programmer and doing things the right way? That's boring. You're literally works. (laughs) Perform selector because, you know, we're just trying to get stuff going. Yeah, and yeah. I
2: suppose you have to get rid of these things.
1: Can you still just put notification center everywhere if you don't want to think about how to actually oh lay out God. your application? Yeah, yeah. no, that's my not going to die. Year,
2: <laughs> my first year of iOS programming and that's notification everywhere.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Asher, at least at least you grew out of it. Others didn't. <laughs> I'm not sure I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's notifications that notification that's rapid. It's just like hey what's going on?
2: I'm doing this. Yeah. We spent we spent all this time creating delegates for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess, you know, in using it sparsely and its notifications does have its uses. It's
0: cool. Use it for everything. Just even when you don't
1: need it just in case. Yeah, it should be called <laughs> NS Global Go-Tos or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dave, have you watched many uh, WWDC videos? Yeah.
1: No, I'm very ashamed, um, because like we all, we all, I think we all had the best of plans, and I think Thomas, you're probably the only one who kept any of them. Um, Mads, it's
2: been a week. It's been a week. Been a week in fairness. <laughs> um
1: i really want to watch the server side swift i want to watch all the swift ones i want to watch they have a few um ui ones this year um prototyping apps and keynote which i thought was um an interesting one um what? because like keynote like
2: so you can use the animations and stuff
1: yeah so obviously what? using something like Keynotopia, but that was one of the the actual the, the wwdc session titles anyway get out
0: yeah so like um,
1: all these people like That,
0: you know, I've been snooty about, like, doing sort of wireframing in PowerPoint. And then Apple is now saying this is a thing. Yeah, but Keynote's Uh. class, though, in
1: fairness. That's true. (laughs) Um, I think, like, I'm I'm going to use it. I've decided, now, this is pre-iOS thing, but I was looking at all the other things, like, for doing prototypes for apps because... I have one to do and I I just have to do the, the the UI prototype. I don't have to actually build it. And I was looking around for the best tool for the job and Keynote exporting it to a PDF with links that is the same size as the iPhone screen seemed to win. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Um, but in terms of cost effectiveness, I already own it. I don't have to buy Sketch. I don't have to buy anything that's pretty baller.
2: <laughs> um, does it have... Uh, so can you drag in an iPhone and drag in a map or drag in a table view and fill, populate the table view or are you still?
1: Yeah, if you buy, are you painstaking? If you from? buy the Kinotopia set of pre-built UI controls, you can. So I'm going to assume that that's what Apple was was talking about in their in their presentation because I don't know what else they're going to use unless they come out and again, typically, you know, kill a um, Kill a competitor or kill a small company by by releasing it. So it's session eight oh five and it's called Iterative UI Design. You're familiar with Keynote for making presentations, but it's also a powerful tool for exploring, iterating, and refining user interface layouts and workflows. Learn techniques and best practices for using Keynote to quickly and persuasively express your product ideas by ex- by building realistic and dot 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 click here for more. By building um realistic and tangible design comps and user flows
2: see this is the kind of thing they should show at the developer conference you know and they're never going to do but certain like things like this the stuff we saw in the state of the union or state of the product or whatever it is um these kind of things just get people excited i think more it should be for the developers i guess that keynote should be but it's a lot of shareholder time i guess
0: yeah i'm also interested that the fact that apple have um Slightly forgotten that they already have a quick pro UI prototyping tool where you can drag various uh UI kit elements. This interface uh, builder, <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, but people aren't going to. I install. can't give that to the biz dev guy to to like you, you fumble get about biz with dev Guy, well, away from your stuff, def- yeah,
2: they'll figure out how easy it is to make their own apps with segways.
0: <laughs> no, this is gonna end in tears. Oh. So bad, it's gonna be like, oh, you know, I just like, you know, my partner, I was discussing with him last time, we did this mock up, we think this would be really good. <laughs> it's
2: all animations, all it is oh, is animations so spinning bad. UI labels. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make this URL label blink? Yeah, because <laughs> because I can do it in Keynote. Yeah, so must be able to.
0: marquee tag,
1: Dave. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, have any of you? Do you have? Have you, Thomas? Have you watched any of them, or is there any that are on your list?
0: I, I want to watch uh, What's New and Coco Touch. Um, I there's one or two. Uh, probably they they normally do a kind of what's new in Core Data, um, and I'm a big Core Data user. Um, Baz, you sent a link, um, but it was kind of like a a non technical summary, talking about um, Apple has speeded up. The the article said, "Oh yeah, Apple has speeded up something on table views." And initially sounded like it was just some behind the scenes mechanism where they're calling self-road index path earlier so that you get smoother scrolling. Because I have noticed a lot of apps these days and the scrolling is quite janky. But then I... UEFA official your 2016 app yeah oh that's awful isn't it like it's really, really bad.
2: bad it looks like it's doing a fetch every time is loaded
0: yeah so bad but then ha, I, I didn't look into it properly because the article you sent baz and we'll put it in the show notes mentioned that it was initially designed for core data and that made me think of ns fetched results controller okay which i don't use um but is you know a very easy way of. Um,
2: so is it only for core data, or is it actually for it, all? It said
0: it something about like it was designed for core data, but it should the benefits should reach. I don't know. the The article was really weird. i really vague, and I guess uh, neither of us had chance to kind of dig in to see what was going on. Um,
2: okay, so the, the immediate reaction was, it's calling self road index pat. Um, before even the cell is displayed on the screen so when it does appear on the screen it's already pre-drawn and everything and all the data has been fetched and any i guess updates of the labels have been done and everything like that or parsing strings or whatever needs to be done so it could be cool and if we all get for free you know that's great it's such a simple quick thing they can do if this is how it works it might lead to some bad ui table view loading though as well
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I think this is kind of the problem that like, places like um, Facebook have reinvented table views and you can use their libraries and stuff for the faster, you know, when when back in the day when they were actually native apps and not HTML, there was a lot of workarounds to this in custom UI table views. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's taken Apple this long to, to make something of yeah. it.
2: I guess just as the phones evolve, I guess people are cramming more and more into each table cell or else we're getting more and more programmers who are lazy about how it works because we can all go through one tutorial learning how to populate a table view Uh, but usually they're how to populate a cell uh, text and a cell image and that's about it and then people kind of go in and cram too much in without thinking about the consequences of you know you've got to load this in a couple of milliseconds Mm. Uh, are you doing uh an ns url uh, json request or something each time a, a cell loads um you know you shouldn't be doing that you should be loading from a model
0: yeah the the app dave maybe I'd, you mightn't have downloaded that the the app that me and baz are given out about is the um official euro 2016 app nope don't have it um it's just interesting that like, it really does um, represent some of the, the, the sort of worst practices in modern app development. I know why, though,
2: because I've been on one of these apps before. Um, it's committee based. So the developers are probably good developers. They were probably given very short amount of time. and Oh, I just crashed it. Everyone wanted something in the app. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to crash the app, but everyone wanted something in the app, probably. So they all sat down. Oh God, it's such a terrible app. Um, but it's it's a really, really good app, I think, um, in, in how it works, but functionality It could be
0: a really good app, right?
2: Yeah, it could be a really good app, and the, the push notification stuff is great, but I guess it's down to a committee at times that too many people wanted, I suppose too many cooks, they wanted everything into the app. And probably wasn't enough time, and they probably undercut several different developing teams and did the cheapest price. Um, that's how these things go, especially for big apps for tournaments and stuff like that. We're probably going to see the same thing for the Olympics app coming out for uh, Rio, and we'll see the same thing again in another two years for the World Cup
1: as well. Like a lot of these things, as as Baz said, um, you know, we've 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 been on we've been on that side of things it's generally you, you know it's kind of like you're given significant changes to the spec three days before the app goes live and <laughs> you, you know like ridiculous ridiculous things like that awesome
2: cool um are we doing a let- what makes us happy this week
1: sure i just downloaded that app there and yeah so far so good
2: Did you wait for one
1: Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, just, just crashed it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Brilliant. So what's, uh, what's making us happy this week? Baz?
0: <laughs> doing this is so you can talk about your manhandling.
2: Okay, I'll talk about my manhandling. I'm very, very sore. Most of the time I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. After putting it off for a long time because of a previous job, I was never able to make it in on time. Um, yeah, I started it and I've done my third whole class today. So I spent the the night with my f- friends on my back. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> tomorrow morning, I'm going to be very, very sore, probably working from bed. And this is the reason why. But I'm, I'm happy because I'm getting out and exercising again. And I haven't done that in a long time. Good night's sleep after so it. Yes, that's me maybe i'm gonna go watch game of Thrones now (laughs) which i hear is fantastic and then yeah go to bed yeah so good day i think a lot more of my life is there's stuff going on these days you know that i'm not just coming home and sitting down and doing nothing i'm getting you know like this podcast yeah manhandling as well
0: brilliant (laughs)
2: yeah
0: uh so i'm gonna go
2: with thomas next because you always wait to the end
0: yes because i'm always struggling to find something you put me
2: on the spot I put you on the spot yeah
0: but you're always you're always happy because you're really good at finding things that make you happy
1: we should make Thomas find 10 things that make him happy and then the one thing will be easy after a week or two
2: yeah so Thomas did you podcasting must make you happy right have you done any other podcasting recently
0: no not yet I don't want to talk about that (laughs) (laughs) Has something made you sad recently?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where okay, shall move I on begin? To Dave's... Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll come so, back to you, Thomas. We'll come back to you. <laughs> we'll come back to Thomas. So, Dave, what has made you happy?
1: So, um, what's made me happy this this week is uh, well, summer holidays, first of all, so yay. And second of all, I enrolled in the online course Breaker 101 at Breaker101.com and essentially it's a web security course so it teaches you the the fundamentals of breaking into um, web apps and making sure that everything is safe and secure and for the longest time jitter um, night um, i was reading people sp- it was like people spend about you know three or four hours a week on this and and i was there on like hour eight banging my head against the against the the laptop wondering what was wrong and then i realized that i'd actually found everything and i was looking for non-existent errors and bugs in the in the website (laughs) that i had so i was like i was trying to exploit this this error that wasn't exploitable in the end at all but
2: so we we got a message off you saying this thing was kicking my ass ass. (laughs) yeah And and had you finish at that point
1: no i wasn't no i was still i was still staring at this brick wall of i have no idea how i'm going to exploit that and then in the end it wasn't it, it wasn't exploitable and that was <laughs> that was the end of it um but it, it took me far too long to realize that but i i suppose i'm a bit more confident in my finding out if things are exploitable now or not um <laughs> so i suppose just to to talk about the course a bit it's um essentially um the guy who runs it uh cody brocious he's um fairly well known security consultant he's the guy who found out about the the locks on the hotel rooms opening um when you could build a little arduino um and a wireless thing to open to open any any hotel lock made by a certain company without any verification um and he's done done a lot of other other cool stuff and basically it's it is 101 like it's an introductory course but the way it's done is you actually have he's built these apps that have the vulnerabilities in it that you have to go off and 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 figure stuff out so it's a lot it's reinforcing things a lot better for me than reading a book like i mean i knew about these things before cross site scripting sql injection um but there's there's a lot more on the course than that and i'm i'm very happy with it so far um, it's reinforcing things. It's giving me a different way to look at stuff I already know, and it's introducing me to a lot more um, things that I didn't know about cryptography, for example. So yeah, that's me.
2: Is that free course or
1: no? One hundred and forty nine dollars.
2: For what do you get out of this?
1: uh good question. Not hundred percent sure yet, to be honest um
2: cool so it's still going yeah.
1: yeah it's still it's still going as far as i know there's there's four four or five weeks up it was only relaunched recently it was two grand to do it the previous two or three times it ran and then he recorded it and he set up a bit of an automated system and he's charging 149 for it now instead so it's a lot more Affordable, and to be honest, I'm I I think I know a good chunk of the stuff. So had I paid two grand for it before, I'm wondering would I be in a bit um a bit unhappy with it, but for one forty nine, I think it's it's really good value. Awesome, so,
2: Thomas. You've had about five minutes there.
0: Yeah, that no, if I, I I something's making me happy.
1: Yeah, Finally. me me gonna hack into your web app, Is that gonna make you happy.
0: I'm. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, the Thejournal.ie is an Irish news site and one that I normally avoid um, because it's one of these online only news outlets. Um, but they have a new series and it's called Fact Check. Oh, yeah. And it's a young fella who I think is based in the States. Uh, and this is maybe um, a phenomenon that... Um, does exist in other countries but uh, it's the first time i've seen it in ireland so this guy's been asking qu- answering questions uh since uh, such as has crime crime in rural areas actually increased since uh stations in rural areas were were shut down another one is um does the irish is exam weather the fact that um often weather gets good at this time of year it, is it actually a phenomenon in the irish climate or are we uh so he's got some some of them are hard some of them are soft but uh, i really like it it's data-driven journalism it's not perfect but at least it's some attempt at removing some of the biases that are certainly uh existing in irish politics so
1: makes me happy i think some of the some of the questions and stuff like the you know the the exam weather and stuff they kind of remind me of the the xkcd um yes. questions and stuff yes. that he does. Because like the fact check stuff that I'm familiar with from the States and stuff like stuff like PolitiFact and stuff is basically Donald Trump said this is a true or false. You know, that 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 kind of stuff. But this this strikes me as more of the the kind of the bit of fun, um, but again data driven fun, which we can all agree is the best kind of fun. <laughs> the best
0: kind <laughs> of fun. <laughs>